Blog Talk Radio. Happy holidays. Good evening on the Thursday night special edition of Overtop Sports Radio. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm your host, Robbie D, along with Big Mike. We got Goon here. No Vinny the Shark tonight. He's got a prior engagement, uh, but we will hear from him and see him again in just a couple of days when we're back on the air on Saturday morning. Uh, but we didn't have a show. We hope everybody had a Merry Christmas on Monday night. Um, obviously, couldn't be with you then, so we're here with you tonight. We're going to talk so many things. We got the NFL Week 16 done on Christmas. Fantasy championships decided. If you're in a Week 17 fantasy championship, I'm sorry that you're in such a crappy league. But if you do have any questions or want to get anything out of it, we got our fantasy guru on, Mike. Give him a call. Ask him any questions. Send us any tweets. We'll try to get you through a Week 17 championship game um, with a lot of players out because that's why you don't have fantasy in Week 17. We also have a look at Week 17 coming up this week as far as playoff implications. We'll do a full preview on Saturday with the Sharp, but we're going to talk about some of the playoff implications tonight, talk about some hot stove baseball as well, um, a little bit of hockey and a couple other things, Mike, but uh, Christmas is over, um, and Giants fans had to wait a couple of days, but we finally got a GM under our Christmas tree. Yeah, I think this was the guy all along, Rob. I, you know, just have the formality of interviewing guys, but this is the guy they wanted. This is a uh, Ernie Accorsi guy here, and um, listen, I, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, he ended uh, bad with Carolina. They uh, the players were outspoken that he didn't like. They didn't like how the Josh Norman uh, contract was, you know, uh, handled or whatever. But uh, this is a guy that uh, knows how to run an organization. Carolina has been very successful while he was there. He has an eye for talent. And uh, I think it's a good move for the New York Giants. Yeah, I think so, too. He's the guy that I wanted. And a lot of people had uh, other people in mind. I know that um, Louis Riddick was a very popular guy that Giants fans wanted. Um, but I think they wanted somebody from their own tree. That's where he's from. They wanted somebody with the general manager experience. And obviously, as you just spoke on, he's been very successful with, uh, with the Panthers. He's taken them to a Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, what? he knows the Giants way. And I think that that's what they're comfortable with. And that's what they wanted. So um, he's been in the league 30 years. And most of the years he was with the Giants. He's been a part of the Giants for every Super Bowl they've been a part of. So let's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And we got a lot, um, you know, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. A lot of guys, a lot of former Giants were very outspoken on Twitter today uh, in support of him. I saw OCU Minora, uh, Terrell Thomas, uh, you know, guys that won Super Bowls when he was in the organization. Uh, this is a great hire. This is a great hire. This is great for the organization. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, personally, I think he has his hands full, Rob. I think this is a roster with a lot of talent, but a lot of personality, uh, you know, to put it lightly. So I think he has his hands full. Uh, he's going to have a easily a top three, top four pick that you have to hit on. Uh, you can't screw that up. So uh, he's coming in here, uh, you know, with a team that they could be a playoff team next year. They definitely can be, but um, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. Listen, there's not many two win teams, maybe three, if they get a win this weekend, we'll see. But at the, at the best, they're a three win team. Not many three win teams can hire a new general manager and could have the top that you're talking about for him to start with. So he has that. Yep. Um, are his hands full? Yes. You've seen that they have become a circus this season um, on the field off the field. It continued this week with more Eli Apple stuff. And if you remember a few weeks ago um, when there were unnamed sources that were out there talking, it was a giant defensive back. I think we could put together two and two who that was. Yeah. You know, and we even speculated at the time we said it on the show, Boomer Sison came out and said it that, uh, you know, if you're not familiar in New York, former quarterback, Boomer Sison has a show here uh, in the mornings. He said it was Eli Apple. He came out and told you it was Eli Apple. And it's very obvious now that it was Eli Apple. And listen, Landon Collins, uh, you know, came out this week and called him a cancer. And, uh, you know, I don't love the the term in which he used that word, but uh, he, he's not wrong. <laughs> you know, he's certainly not wrong. So, uh, you know, if it's me, I think he's got to go, um, you know, uh, get your take on it. But uh, this is just uh, another bad draft pick from Jerry Reese, where if you look at the draft afterwards, 
Uh, Hargraves, Hargraves, the cornerback, went right after the Tampa Bay. Michael Thomas went later on. Um, Rankins, the defensive tackle on the Saints, went later on. So there were a lot of good players that went after Eli Apple uh, that Jerry Reese just missed on. Yeah, it was just it was the first thing I said was another Jerry Reese jam, but the kid's 22 years old. He's out of Ohio State. Um, it was a top 10 pick that you don't want to get wrong, and you just named a lot of the players. Laramie Tunsil. I mean, he felt yeah. so much in that draft. Yep. Because right before the draft, if you remember, he had the the um, bong or whatever. The, but who cares? I mean, who I mean, cares? Miami certainly didn't care. And he's a guy that imagine if he was on the line yeah. instead of Eli Apple there, maybe the Giants could have had – I'm not saying they would have won eight games this year or ten games, but at least they have another piece for the line. He was a top three pick that year. Projected. I agree. I agree. Uh, he fell past the Giants. So that was the big one that I really wanted them to take. Um, but, Brian Kelly, starting center on the Colts. I mean, uh, Keanu Neal just had the pick the other day for the Falcons. Um Shaq Lawson, decent. Darren Lee, uh, you know, he's had a tough time. Josh Doxson, uh, William Jackson's been pretty decent, too. But even so. now you're getting into, like, the 20s. And right. this guy, Eli I mean, Apple, I mean, how do you miss being so bad, by all these guys in the 20s. But I listen, know. I'll say this. And you said that you didn't like the, the word the cancer. I kind of agree with that. I don't think that Landon Collins should have came out and said that maybe on the radio. I think that was the stuff that needs to stay internal. And I love Landon Collins. I'm going to yep. take his side, and I hope that he's a giant for the next 10 years. And I don't care if Eli Apple's gone tomorrow. But I think Landon Collins went a little too far. This is supposed to be a brotherhood. You're supposed to be together. And as hit, he's one of the best players in the league at his position. So take a leadership role and don't be immature as well, calling a guy cancer, saying we got to get rid of him. He's the only guy in the secondary that needs to leave because Eli Apple's only 22. And if anything, you're hurting his value. If your own teammates in your secondary are going to badmouth you, what kind of value are you going to get? You can't just cut him. Well, I don't think that, I think they're going you to. Can't, you can't cut a 22-year-old I, I definitely think pick. they're going to, Rob. I don't think you're going to have any sort of trademark unless it's a late-round pick. And, I mean, at that point, you know, who cares? And you saw Brandon Marshall's come out this week in support of him. Uh, there was an article written. I don't know the guy's name. It's on Twitter. Uh, I think our account retweeted it. Uh, just about Eli Apple's season and how uh, the parents have gotten uh, divorced, the stepdad and his mom, and just things that uh, aren't relevant to football. And this guy put it all out there, and Brandon Marshall attacked him, saying, like, you know, leave his personal life off the field. And there have been guys that have come to Eli Apple's defense, and what does he do this week, Rob? He yells in the locker room when reporters are around, even female reporters, uh, I've got to take a shit. When they're questioning him, I've got to take a shit. Like, this is the immaturity and just uh, stupidity that is going to get this kid run out of New York. And that was my next point, too, is um, if a player on your team is going to call you a cancer – don't prove them right 24 hours later. What do you think that's doing? You're sitting there and you're going to say it to reporters. I've been in those scrums. I'm, I've been one of those reporters a thousand times. That would just be weird. It's I've never seen anything like it's that. absolutely embarrassing. In any locker room of any team, I've never seen that. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be gone. Like you said, I just don't know if you can um, cut him right away. you got to try to trade him. Uh, 811 over the top sports radio. Um, Goon says that we have a caller on the line. So uh, who's on the line? What you want to talk about? Hey, Rob, how you doing? This is Jim, former uh, News 12 producer with you. Jim Salazi, how you doing? Big Ranger fan here, Good, Mike, buddy. one of your boys. Yeah, What's going on, Jim? Actually, so no surprise, I'd like to talk about the Rangers. We're happy to talk Rangers um, anytime. It's so so look look at the way the East is, is jumbling up right now. It's very, uh, you know, every point is so precious. The Rangers have a couple things going on that, that you know, are coming up with the deadline around the corner. Uh, that being the contract of Grabner and the contract of Nash in particular. Those two contracts, you know, where are the Rangers right now? What's your thoughts on that? Where are the Rangers right now? Are they in a position where they can go for it this year? Do you see them selling off Grabner and selling off uh, uh, Nash in an attempt to get younger? Um, what are your thoughts there? Well, I'll let Mike speak to this too, but my first uh, inclination is that they kind of have to roll with what they've got. Um Grabner, you know him from his Islander days, and, and they've seen with the Rangers. He's been a spark plug for them. He's he's kind of rejuvenated his career. He went to Toronto from the Islanders. He uh, wasn't as uh, good as when he had 34 goals there. He's rejuvenated the Rangers. Listen, they've found a way to keep themselves in it, um, and I, they've always been a better road team, Jim, than a home team, and their home record is awesome this year. So they got a lot of road games left, but they're a good road team. I think that they got to go for it. Henrik Lundqvist is not getting any younger. Um, Let's see what Mike has to say. But, Jim, I think that the Rangers got to go for it and take your chances with a guy like Nash and uh, Grabner either re-signing or just losing him for nothing because what is their value really to trade that line? Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. And um, thank you for the call, especially about the Rangers. I mean, anytime you get a, a call about hockey and the Rangers, it's a, it's a home run. But um, I agree with you. Listen, they just called up this kid, too. Uh, supposedly this kid can really shoot the puck. And he's 22 years old. He had a nice uh, training camp 
I think his last name, uh, Vinny Lattari, excuse me. Um, he loves to shoot the puck, and that's something the Rangers don't have. The Rangers don't have a guy that shoots the puck. Uh, you know, they take a lot of uh, maybe that extra pass too often, and uh, this kid does not do that. He likes to get pucks to the net. Uh, you know, also something that you always hear is that the Rangers don't have that superstar guy. The Rangers don't have that superstar guy, that 40-goal score, but they have a, a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys that will score 20. So, uh, you know, especially with this Kreider injury now, I'm, I'm not too concerned. Listen, I know Kreider's young. Uh, he's a, a typical power forward that you don't really have in the NHL anymore. He throws the body, he's speed. But um, I think the Rangers will be okay, uh, you know, without the without him and, uh, you know, thanks to their depth. As far as the trade line uh, deadline goes, uh, you know, I'd like to see them be buyers again because you just mentioned it, Henry Lundqvist. He's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, I don't know where you would look, uh, you know, probably center. You know, you've been preaching that from the beginning. You need somebody down the middle, a face-off guy, but it's not going to be like a James Neal from Vegas. I, first of all, they're in it, but it's not going to be that big-name scoring type forward. Uh, and you don't need a big-name guy if guys like Grabner are going to go out there and score 30 for you. What, uh, what do you think, Jim? Get, uh, am I still on? Yeah, 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 you're still on. I think they need to get Grabner re-signed. Uh, guy's had two terrific years, doesn't show any signs of slowing down. And I think he's a guy that other teams game plan for. I think he's someone that, that the other team is coming in and saying, all right, we've got to watch Grabner shorthanded, you know, with his speed come through the neutral zone uh, five on five. I just think that, uh, that uh, you know, he's a guy that they game plan for. Uh, have a great day, guys. Thanks for the Yeah, Jim, uh, good to hear from you. We'll talk to you soon off the air. Uh, but listen, uh, to Jim's point about Grabner, here's the big thing for me about Michael Grabner. And Jim brought it up in his original question is this East, especially the specifically the Metro division is so tight. Every single point matters. You saw the Islanders miss the playoffs last year by one point. The Nashville Predators in the West had the same exact record as the Islanders and went to the finals. Michael Grabner is the kind of guy that with his speed is going to help you win these overtime three on three games yep. going forward. And those are huge points. Him on to the make penalty the kill, too. Huge. I, you, you were, he was the Islanders. You saw yeah. him on the penalty kill. He's a, a But really back then, nice there was fit. no three-on-three. Three. Imagine right. him and three-on-three yeah. is going to be deadly with that I speed. I agree with you. you got to keep him there for and it. And I don't uh, want to break Ranger fans' hearts, but you're a hockey guy. What are you going to get from Rick Nash? Well, that's my. That's what I said before. <laughs> what are you going to get from him at the right. deadline? What are you gonna, you're not going to get much. I mean, I'm a realist. You're not going to get uh, you know, what you think you could get. So you might as well keep him. Let him play out his contract. Uh, who knows if he'll come back next year at a cheaper rate. He, uh, the, NHL, uh, um, the NHL channel had a, a special on uh, with the Winter Classic coming up about him and his family, and they had some flyers on there also. And his family lives in New York. They love it here. Uh, he's got two little kids, so who knows? Maybe he takes uh, less money to come back next year. Rick Nash has only had more than 40 points once since 2013. Uh, the last two years, uh, 38, 36 points. He's a good player, and he made some plays last night, Mike, if you watch the game with his hands and his yeah. size, or he, he just dangled through two or three guys. Now, he didn't finish, but that just shows that the talent's still there. But he's 33 years old. Um, he has nine goals on the season. What are you getting for Rick Nash? You're not getting a first-round pick? No. So then what's the point? I don't even think you get a second, Rob. Right, um, so then what's the point? And listen, there, the production isn't always going to be there with him, but there are times that he's the best player on the ice for that game, that uh, particular game. And, you know, that's just the role that he's come into. He's not the power forward uh, with Columbus throwing the body anymore. Or even when he just start, came here with the Rangers and scoring, uh, he's not going to score 30 goals anymore. And Ranger fans, you just got to know that. But, uh, you know, he eats up valuable minutes. He's not going to hurt you defensively. And uh, there are times that he still is the best player on the ice for that game. And we're going to talk about this later, but might as well just bring it up to you right now. Chris Kreider, uh, kind of scary. Last night comes out of the game. No real explanation from the Rangers. Uh, fans on Twitter wondering if he's been traded. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen right then. It was just a weird timing, but uh, you find out it was a blood clot. Uh, what goes through your mind as a fan? And, uh, yeah, I hate the Rangers, but you, you kind of hope for the best for any guy that has a blood clot issue because that could be very serious. Yeah, uh, definitely. It could be very serious. I mean, he's younger than me, yeah, younger than yeah. us at, with a blood clot. So uh, <laughs> it's very scary. puts things in perspective. Um, you're starting to see it more, though. I mean, you just saw it with the Mets with Familia and uh, Stamkos and uh, their goalie that I can't pronounce. And uh, – <laughs> You know, you're uh, chemo teaming in years ago. You're seeing it in the uh, NHL. I don't know why, uh, you know, uh, if it's any sort of uh, Let me relation. ask you this. Could it be something with maybe supplements that these guys are taking? Who knows? Uh, yeah. I, mean, I want to spec. I'm not a doctor. Right. But I want to even pretend to be one. Right. But, but you, you could be right. You absolutely could be right. So uh, I, I don't know how much time Stamkos missed uh, when he had his uh, blood clot a couple of years ago. But um, it's definitely, I, it's at least a month, I would guess. Oh, he missed a ton of time. He missed yep. the end of the season. And he couldn't even play in almost all the playoffs. Yep. They made a big run. He finally got in for, I think, a couple games. But 
I mean, he was on blood thinners forever. Right, exactly. and he was scary. So, uh, you know, I guess, again, we're not doctors, but I'm sure it depends on severity. But uh, Chris Kreider is not coming back anytime soon. And another injury uh, in the Metro Division, uh, Johnny Boychuk on the Islanders' lower body. He's going to be out week to week. Uh, saw last night he blocked a shot uh, down low. Maybe that could have been it. They won't really say. So we'll figure that out. But the um, Is that open a door now for uh, Pulak to get steady playing time? With maybe. The Islanders uh, brought up Sebastian Ajo. Um, he was a draft pick of theirs that was have, flourishing in Bridgeport this year. Um, he plays the right side. So does Pulak. Um, I don't know who they put in, but they have not loved Pollock so much. I mean, no. he was a healthy scratch last night. Uh, they played Dennis Seidenberg for him. So we'll see. You would think that Pollock would play over Ajo. Uh, they both play the right side where Boychuk plays. So we'll have to see that going forward. But listen, the Islanders are giving up so many goals this year. They've been bad defensively, and they're not getting good goaltending. So to lose a top pair defensive like Johnny Boychuk is one of the last things that you wish that would happen uh, as an Islander fan right now. Speaking uh, well, of giving up all the goals, do you credit that? I mean, Grice has been horrendous, but – uh, Halak has even, you know, given up uh, quite a bit of goals. Do you think that's more the goalie's just not playing well, or do you think there is a uh, a need for a defenseman? Well, I think both, but I think Yarl Halak's played really well in his last 11 games. Uh, if you look at the record, I think he's 6-2-2 six, uh, six, two and two in the last 10 or something like that, and his goals against is down. Uh, he made 38 saves on Saturday against the Jets. Last night, he stole the game. You're probably watching the Rangers. You couldn't watch. Last night, he stole the game against the Sabres. You don't want to say that usually against the Sabres, right. but they were all over the Islanders. He made three breakaway saves in the game, including an awesome save in overtime. Um, so he's been a little bit better. But the fact that those chances are there, Mike, to your point, yes, they need to get better defensively. But teams know that they're desperate. Now they lose Johnny Boychuk. If it's suspended uh, extended period of time, they're going to know that you're even more desperate. Right. You have to really overpay. Okay. And also, like I say to all my friends that ask me about it, it's December. You don't see big hockey trades in December. It's a little bit early for that. Um, there's not many teams that are fully out of it yet. And those ones, it's because they suck. Yep. They have nobody. Who are you going to get? Ekman Larson? Go, that's fine. But the Islanders would completely right, overpay and, for him. Right. I agree with you. And it's not going to help you defensively. He's more of the no, offensive. He's a, he's a goal possible. scorer, exactly. power play guy. Exactly. So, I mean, what I like a big guy, like, you know, a good defensive guy, like like, like a Dowdy, yeah, we all would. Right. But those guys don't grow on trees. And neither do starting goalies. That's why this stuff should have been taken care of in the offseason. Um, but we'll talk more hockey later. Give us a call, too. Any more calls, just like Jim, that want to talk <laughs> hockey. You can break in anytime you want. We'll, we'll change the subject at any point, uh, 646-716-5403. Uh, let's go back to the NFL now, Mike. Um, we'll talk about the playoffs. The Giants stuff's done. We have all offseason to talk about the Giants stuff. And I'm very looking forward to who they hire as head coach. Um, but in the meantime, more importantly, playoffs this weekend. Tons of stuff is up uh, for grabs. Um, let's start in the AFC where the wild card is pretty crazy. Um, the Bills had a big loss this past week. We'll talk about that um, against your Patriots. Um, it seems like the Patriots get all these calls that go their way, but let's face it, they won the game going away anyway. Yeah, and you're speaking of the Benjamin catch that uh, right before the half that uh, should have been a touchdown. And listen, I said on the show the other day, I thought the James uh, catch against Pittsburgh should have been a touchdown. But if you read the rule, it's not. And then, uh, the, you know, the next week, this past week, uh, to see Benjamin catch that ball in the end zone, um, there just wasn't enough to overturn it. And they did. And uh, I think it was a huge momentum swing going into that second half where New England, you know, gets the ball. Uh, I'm sorry, no, Buffalo deferred to start. So New England started with it. But uh, so Buffalo could have scored that touchdown, then got the ball to start. Oh, so that is trick. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, something Belichick does uh, to a tee. And uh, it was huge. It was definitely a, a big turning point in the game. Yeah, I think that they were going to lose the game anyway, but I can understand Bill's fans' frustration, um, especially when it comes against the Patriots. The Patriots seem to be on the right side of all these calls. But let me tell you guys, the NFL isn't sitting there telling these officials, hey, we're going to make sure that there's a controversial play, which you can't plan out anyway. And if there is, because we're such conspirators, that we're going to make sure no matter what it goes against the Bills. Listen, the Bills haven't made the playoffs since 1999. You think that that city of Buffalo wouldn't go absolutely ape to make the playoffs, and you think that the Patriots really needed the win? In the end, no. They're going to be in the AFC Championship game. So stop with this conspiracy theory. Sometimes they just get it wrong. And they Dell hates New England. He hates the Patriots. He hates Brady. Right. He hates Belichick. He hates Matt Patricia wore the clown shirt of him coming off the plane. He doesn't want to be giving them calls and giving them wins. Are you and, kidding me? And the only thing more absurd than that, and not to bring it back to hockey, but did you see Robin Leonard's comments last night? No. All right, so did you see uh, Josh Bailey score with about a, no- a minute nine to go to yes, tie the yes. game? It was not ruled a goal on the ice. It continued play. The horn sounds with like 30 seconds left saying, hey, we got to review the play. They review it. First couple of things I saw, I'm like, it's inconclusive. There's no way they can call it. It's probably a goal, but you can't call it. And there's one angle in the net. Shows it went in the net. 
clearly in the net. Pictures, still photos, videos, everything. They give the Islanders the goal. They win it in overtime after the game. Robin Leonard says, all these leagues have something against the city of Buffalo. Look what they did to the Bills. I Look mean, what they did tonight. This is bullshit. Are you serious, man? Are you serious? I, and that's a goalie that's, uh, you know, playing on a bad team, that's not going anywhere this year, that has never won anything, opening his mouth. I mean, it's just stupidity. And I saw the, the play itself, Rob. I didn't hear the comments. I saw the play, and it was a goal. It was clearly a goal. Uh, I saw the angle from inside the net, so I didn't see the other ones where you said it was inclusive. What I saw was a clear goal. Yeah, I thought so. They just kind of seemed like sour grapes. Yeah, it was. One, it could have been one of the great saves, but listen, by an inch or two, the puck went in. It's over. You didn't have to let Barzal come in and score on you right away in overtime. But uh, let's let's just stop with the conspiracy theories that everybody's against the city of Buffalo. They've had some bad luck, but you know what? They also could have won those four Super Bowls that have nothing to do with right. their yeah, call. The so, yeah, nobody is screwing point. the city of Buffalo, okay? Maybe you guys should stop jumping through tables with fire on them and stop being idiots. You're hitting your head too hard. You think everybody's against you guys. I can but, see uh, how people hate New England, though. Like, this week, you bring in James Harrison. No, of I course, mean, but you know, this that's is, the evil empire of football. It is, it is. It's nice for you to be on that side in football when you're so anti in baseball. It's true. It's very true. It's nice to, it's nice to be a part of, but... uh. If you if you heard all the comments, uh, Pouncey came out with it, and uh, I forget who else just uh, with Miami came out with it. Oh, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. He didn't want to be there. He was sleeping during Joey Porter, the defensive uh, defensive coordinator's meetings. He uh, was sleeping in a in a leather recliner. I mean, just absolutely the stories that are coming out now are ridiculous. So for all those fans out there uh, hating on John, on um, on Harrison, James Harrison, you actually have a gripe because uh, he didn't want to be there and he forced his hand out. Yeah, but don't be mad that he signed with the Patriots. He did get cut on Christmas Eve, and you're allowed to get another job in the NFL. It's a business. They want to pay you. He has a time, chance to win the Super Bowl. Um, and you see it all the time. Guys play against their former teams in big games. But let's talk about that AFC race. The Ravens, the Titans, the Chargers, the Bills. They're all within one game with one week to play. Now, the Ravens have the edge. They're 9-6. and six. They are as clear as day. They win this weekend. They are in the playoffs, but it's the Titans, the Chargers, and the Bills, a three-way tie for the last wild card spot. Um, how do you see this playing out? Uh, we'll talk about some of the scenarios, but uh, how, how do you see this playing out this weekend? I have a stat for you, Rob. The Ravens are 0-5 against current playoff teams and 9-1 and against non-playoff teams. So I think the Ravens here are just a little bit uh, overachieving. So, okay. um, you know, I, I think the defense is better than, uh, than we give them credit for. I think the offense is horrendous. And I think that Joe Flacco just uh, typically gets lucky here. Uh, you now, know, I don't your stats. They play a non-playoff team this week. Right. So I think that they'll get in, but I think come playoff time, I think they're going to get burned. I really do. I think, uh, you know, they're just fool's gold right now. I don't think that they've been very good all year. Um, them and Tennessee, I think, are just uh, two jokes of a playoff. Murray right now, now has the MCL. And uh, they've what, lost three in a row, there. Tennessee? They yeah. They so have not been so let's handicap it. Um, right now, who, uh, who gets this last spot? Tennessee, Chargers, Bills. We know the Bills play against the Dolphins again. Um, and they flex these games to 4 o'clock. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. So they're all going to be going on at the same time. Um, the Titans are playing the Jaguars, who have almost nothing to play for. And then who are uh, who is the other team? Chargers, Raiders. The Chargers are playing the Raiders at home. Uh, I think that the Chargers – I think the Chargers are going to find a way to sneak in. I think the Chargers are the best team here. I could see the Bills losing in Miami 100%. I could see that also. That's what the Bills do. And, and then you got the Titans, who have lost three in a row. Uh, against, I don't even know if the Titans could beat, uh, you know, half of Jacksonville starters, though. I, but I really don't forget don't. this. Tom Coughlin runs the ship there. They're probably going to go all out this week. Especially after last week getting embarrassed in San Francisco. Uh, I could see it. I really could. I would say if I was a betting man, and I am, but um, I bet the Chargers can pull this out. We can go on in depth with uh, Vinny the Shark on it on Saturday morning. But uh, if you had a gun to my head right now, I think the Chargers are the best of the three teams. And I think that they uh, find a the way only, to The it. only thing with that Bills, though, is the Dolphins coming off two losses. Who knows if they've checked out. They had that big win with New England on Monday Night Football. Two losses in a row. Uh, you know, but I think they've... the Bills need the Chargers to lose also for the Bills to make it. I think that's their scenario. I can look it up if you want. But I think that they need the help. I thought, that's why I, I think... thought the Chargers needed the help. Um, let's take a look. I thought the Chargers um... – well, the Chargers just won this past week against the Jets. All right. Uh, tiebreakers, Ravens, blah, blah, blah. Hold on with us, folks. But I, I'm sure there's people out there that know it by heart and they're screaming at the radio because sometimes I'm screaming at my radio. How do you guys not know? Well, sometimes you don't, you don't know. But, of course, um, 
Yeah, so the Bills the, – no, the Chargers hold the tiebreaker over the Bills. So the Chargers then, I mean, as long as you beat Oakland uh, in, San, uh, in L.A. Chargers winning in. Chargers yeah. would get in, yes. Um, so the Ravens, obviously, they're winning in. The Titans right now are listed ahead of both of them in the standings anyway. Um, Titans just so the Titans good. win, they're in too. So the Chargers and Bills are both hoping that the Jaguars can help them. Mm-hmm. And then from there off, they need some help. I think the Bills are the longest scenario. So the Bills only hold the two-team tiebreaker over the Ravens. Um, that's the team ahead of them. So the Ravens would win. The, uh, the Bills need the Titans and Chargers to lose as they would lose the tiebreaker to the Titans. Um, that was the Nathan Peterman game. So listen, Rivers really – Because don't forget that Chargers – so now we I screamed about that game. Yeah, and screamed back, about yeah. it. And they had no them. chance. And if that's the one that comes back to haunt them, there you go. That that should cost him his job. Just just alone that one decision should cost him I his job. I would think just the way things have been going, the Chargers should be fine. I really do. Oakland has talked this week about uh, whether Del Rio will come back or not. Uh, Crabtree's been horrendous. He had more drops this past uh, Monday night. They left it all out on the they field really, Christmas yeah. night. Yep. They still found a way to lose. And speaking of that, that game, offense still is just terrible. Speaking of that game, is anybody out there? Win or lose your fantasy championship on that last second Philadelphia defensive touchdown? No, mine was already lost thanks to Todd Gurley. So. <laughs> well, there were some good tweets about that. People with screenshots of them being up by seven points I will with three say, seconds left in the game, and they lose because of the fumble, the touchdown uh, on the on the whole lateral play. I will say what pissed me off was I had Elliott that night down by 12. Elliott, um, he missed a, three, uh, a 30-something yard field goal for three points. Had he hit that? Them kneeling on that defensive uh, return would have cost you the yeah, championship by one point. Yeah, I saw people tweeting about that too. It. I mean, to take the knee there, just oh, there were some really tough ways to lose. Doug Peterson, you that in my um, consolation game and in my keeper league, we play for ping pong balls in your consolation tournament for your draft pick next year, and the consolation game swung because of that last defensive touchdown. Um, so, so I, and there's some championships, I mean, thousands of dollars and Vegas. It also, uh, you know, from an NFL standpoint, it made, if you looked at just the box score and didn't watch the game, it made you think the Eagles really took it to them. And that was not the case at all. Nick Foles could not move the ball. At it was all. one of the most disgusting yep. displays of offense. That entire second yep. half was just a terribly if you're an Eagles fan. You have to be concerned about that offense going forward. You just have to be, uh, Alshon Jeffrey had zero catches, zero catches, from your star uh, receiver, I mean, they could be, uh, you know, they have the bye, Rob, but they could be out of it uh, that second week of the playoffs. And Patriots and Steelers both going to get the byes. Uh, huge for the Steelers. Uh, huge for the Antonio Browns. Brown. Huge for the Browns. The Steelers might rest some guys this week, and the Browns might uh, get that win. Yeah, they won't get five, though, this year. No, but they might get one. <laughs> uh, let's uh, head on over to the NFC um, playoff scenarios. Uh as follows, it looks like this is pretty clean cut for the, for the top of the league, but then you got teams like this whole South. You don't know what's going the on. Vikings with Atlanta. Rams are fighting for that too. We got Atlanta and Seattle fighting for their lives right here. Yeah. The the NFC champion, uh, defending champions, and then the Seahawks, who you assumed were going to win the division, but the Rams came out of nowhere this year and just had an awesome year. Yeah, so Carolina Atlanta this week is a huge huge game. Seattle's at home against Arizona. Uh, Seattle needs to win. Arizona has always played them tough, if you remember. So. Um, you know, just a, this. There's a good slate of games this Sunday. Yeah, I think that. Uh, listen, I've been on Seattle all year. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I've been on Atlanta all year. Seattle started disappointing me lately, so I think that Atlanta finds a way to pull this one out. Um, I've not liked Carolina all year, but they have proven me wrong. They're 11 and 14. Kudos to them. Very good team. Uh, getting the job done. 11 and four is 11 and four. Uh, you're right. It is, and it's 11 wins, and it's very hard to do in the That's NFL. It's a team that Dave Gettleman built, by well, the way. Yes, but they barely beat. Tampa Bay last week. Cam Newton had the ball on like he the fumbled. three. Yes, fumbled the ball, was able to pick it up and run it in. Um, they, I still am not buying them as a – listen, they're a playoff team, but I'm not buying them as a legit Super Bowl contender. So yet. that's a huge game with them in Atlanta. And if Atlanta finds a way to falter, then that means that it is the Cardinals, who shut out the Giants last week, going to have to upset the Seahawks. I don't see that in happening. Seattle. No, I, I think Seattle's going to find a way to get that win. Um but I think that the I still think that Atlanta gets the job done against Carolina. I can't see that team not making the playoffs this year. I don't. I just don't know. Um, can't trust them. No, no, you definitely can't. 
Um, the Rams have come out this week and said, hey, we've made the playoffs. Uh, we're going to try and rest some of our guys instead of possibly going for that bye week. And Mike Zimmer, the complete opposite with the Vikings, Rob, he came out this week and he said, you know what, we're going for it. We can use that bye. Uh, you know, we can give all my guys another week of rest. So very interesting there because if the Vikings were to somehow lose, even though I know they're favorites, and the Rams are somehow able to win, the Rams would jump them. Now, so. is there any chance, I haven't looked at this in, into it, uh, that the Saints can, uh, with the Minnesota and the Los Angeles Los- can the Saints get that by, or are they out of it? Uh, that I'm not sure of, but uh, I just, they both be 12 and four. Right. So I don't I'm know. I'm familiar with uh, with the Rams and the Vikings there. So yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll look Saints. into that. We'll yeah. see what happens. We could definitely uh, talk about that on Saturday morning when we rejoin you guys with uh, Vinny the Shark joining us. This again. is why you mentioned. I mean, look at what we were just talking about with rest and uh, you know just. If you're in a fantasy football league and your championship is this Sunday, you said it. This your league sucks. Yeah. What is wrong with your commissioner? Steelers are benching Roethlisberger, Pouncey, and Bell this week. Yeah, the it's the Landry oh, Jones the show. <laughs> I don't know. The Browns still Jones. might not find a way to get it done, but uh, there's a chance. And did you see that um, their head coach said that he would jump in one of the lakes I, if they went 1-15 again, and uh, Hugh Jackson. And he said now he's going to have to do it. He said last year, if we go 1-15 in, I'm going to jump in Lake whatever, Erie. And uh, now he has to do it. Hugh Jackson is just uh, – But is it really him? No matter who they bring in, it's ter- they have, they're terrible. Listen, they're going to have two – at least two top five picks. It could be even like one in four. I mean, it could be two top four picks. This is a year, uh, you know, you can walk away with, uh, you know, Rosen if you if they want to go that route and, and Barclay or uh, Donald and Barkley. I mean – Yeah, you have – yeah, and you put them with Josh Gordon and look at their skill position. Right. Right. I mean, they just drafted the tight end Joku, and uh, the defense is starting to look better. I mean, what the hell is going wrong here? Is there anything that they could do that would lead you to predict a five-win season next August again? No, no shot. Uh, I'm <laughs> You're off of that train. No huh? shot. I don't blame you. No way. I don't blame you. 832 <laughs> over the top sports radio. Robbie D, Big Mike with you on this Thursday evening. Uh, looking forward to week 17 of the NFL. Uh, taking a look back at the year that was in fantasy football. We'll talk about some baseball in a couple minutes and some more hockey as we get towards the end of the show. Of course, Saturday morning, we rejoin you again at 10.30 a.m. The Shark will be with us. We can really, really head into game-by-games and a lot of bowls going on. Uh, Vinny's the guy you want for all of your NCAA basketball betting. betting. He's been on fire, so make sure to follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport. Uh, Follow his bets. Take his advice. You're going to win a lot more than you lose. Um, so, so Mike, let's put a, a wrap on this fantasy football season for now. Uh, I know you had some guys and some things that were in mind, but uh, some interesting stats, some interesting points, and some interesting leaders for you. Uh, take it away. You've been the fantasy guy all year. Yeah, so just basically your PPR league, uh, Todd Gurley is going to finish one with 383 points, likely went second round in your league. Uh, if it wasn't a keeper, likely – this is all PPR, all likely if it wasn't a keeper – Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he's your top overall pick. Him or David Johnson, 341. He was second. The next guy, Rob, the top quarterback, Russell Wilson, 327. I'm not going to go through all these, but just guys like uh, Alvin Kamara. He was on the free agent wire. Uh, you know, when AP was there at the beginning of the year, he was a nobody. 290 points, easily a first-round pick next year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I mean, you know, this is a guy that uh, wasn't going to get drafted until the injury there. Uh, he had 285 points, so – just crazy, and your boy, listen, DeAndre Hopkins can play with any quarterback, Rob. Not last year, and then this year he can. 309, I mean, he's one point off Antonio Brown. He could beat Antonio Brown if he was to play this week. I read somewhere they could keep him out. He could finish as the top fantasy wide receiver. Uh, just unbelievable. Larry Fitzgerald finished fourth. I mean, this guy is ageless, and talk about playing with bad quarterbacks. And, uh, and Goon said we do have a caller on the line, so welcome to the show, and uh, who do we have here? Uh, we have uh, Lou from New Jersey. Lou from Jersey? Yes. Yes. Hey, Lou, what's going on? All right. Uh, is there any particular topic? I mean, I jumped in a little bit late, so. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about on Over the Top. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> for one thing, uh, in case uh, anybody doesn't know, Monday is known as Black Monday. Sure is. Yeah. So, um now, I know this is going to be sound like a ridiculous question, but do you think maybe that Hugh Jackson is gone from uh, from the Clowns? I mean, the Browns. I mean, because, of course, they have done an awful season this year, and they're going to go 0-16, you know, on Sunday. There's no way they're going to be – there's no way they're going to be Pittsburgh. Um, do you think they're going to keep him around even though he doesn't deserve it? 
I mean, when you go one, you know, possibly one and 31 over a two-year span, I don't see how anybody can keep their job. Uh, even if they beat the Steelers, I don't think he's saving his job no. this week. Uh, you're 0-16 or 1-15. you got to go with the new regime. Uh, and it's really not Hugh Jackson's fault, per se, because that team is just built so terribly. But you can't reward a guy that goes 1-15 back-to-back seasons if, if he even gets there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, oh, even though it's not the coach's fault, still, I mean, you had to be worthy of keeping your job. And if you're 1-31 in two seasons, uh, you call that worthy? No. Not at all. And you know what? You got to earn a job. You got to earn, you got to earn the chance to be a head coach in the NFL. And uh, I don't care if it's the Browns or if it's the Giants or if it's the Patriots, if you don't win, you're not getting your job done. It's a bottom line business and he hasn't won. And unfortunately the Patriots still rule the NFL. They do. And they're going to probably for a while, but uh, thank you so much, Lou. Happy new year. Thanks for listening. And we hope to hear from you soon. Oh, you will. Thanks. Thanks, Lou. Uh, so, yeah, we were just talking about the Browns. we got a Brown caller, Mike. And, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's funny because he called and he asked, oh, am I, you know, am I interrupting? Lou's becoming a regular here. On yeah, but show. am I interrupting a segment? I said, listen, the only problem with that is we're talking about fantasy football, and there's no Browns ever relevant in fantasy except maybe Josh Gordon next year because even uh, the running back that hates cops, even Isaiah Crowell, wasn't very good this year. No, he wasn't. Uh, PPR, you could say Duke Johnson will be, uh, you know, he'll be drafted. But you're right, Rob. Otherwise, you know, Josh Gordon, and if Kaiser's still the quarterback there, it'll be interesting to see where Gordon goes because uh, he was just invisible towards the end of the year. Um, I'll give you guys a uh, so you, you brought up a couple of points. And sure. Before you get into that, just because you brought up Gurley before, we yeah. talked about it off the air. Um, we know Gurley's probably the fantasy MVP, especially because in the playoffs he had such a great run, um, most of it out of the backfield receiving the ball, actually. Uh, who's your NFL MVP right now? It seems there's a poll that we had between Gurley – and Brady, um, who I know you're a New England fan, but I think that you're leaning towards Gurley. Yeah, I am. I, I definitely think it should be Todd Gurley. Listen, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year, Rob, that New England was going to be uh, in the playoffs with 12 wins, you would have said, yeah, all right, probably. Right. Uh, the Rams, uh, you know, over 10 wins for the first time in how long? And uh, in the playoff hunt, making the playoffs, uh, rookie coach, young quarterback. Uh, Gurley was not good last year, had a good season before that. Uh, listen, I told you when we were talking MLB MVP, I like seeing a guy like Aaron Judge that took a team that wasn't supposed to be somewhere and took them somewhere. And Gurley did. He took a team that wasn't supposed to be somewhere and took them somewhere. So for me, Todd Gurley is the MVP. So on the Twitter poll right now, we have 81 votes in, 59% Todd Gurley, 26% Tom Brady, 15% other, and some jerk-offs are Eric Flowers. Well, I don't think Eric Flowers will get any votes. Rob, yeah, I, don't but, think uh, he'll get, I don't think he'll get the MVP votes for left tackles on the New York Giants. He's the most valuable left tackle on the Giants this year. For you, who's the? I mean, who's your MVP? I still think it's Brady. Um, I don't. I, I don't see running backs winning this award. They don't win it very often. Brady is Brady. He gets the job done. He's going to have the best record in the league. Uh, his. His splits, and he slowed down towards the end of the season. His December was not good. His December wasn't good, but look at his stats this year. He's up 4,300 yards. By the way, that's number one in the league already. Yes, it is. Number one in the league still. Um, 30 touchdowns again and only eight interceptions, and a lot of those have come recently. I think he had three picks two weeks ago, right, or two picks back-to-back weeks. So, there one last week against Buffalo, I remember. Um, I just want to make oh, it clear. One. Yeah, yeah, one last week. I was looking at uh, – I just want to make it clear. Had Antonio Brown not gotten hurt, he would have been my pick. What about Carson Wentz? I know he would. you liked him and you suggested him for the MVP race, and uh, I think he would have been in the race. I think his name should have been in the race, but I don't think I would have been able to give him uh, the award. I think it would have been Antonio Brown. I mean, you're watching literally a true double team and another safety even on top of him, and he's still somehow getting open making plays. For me, if he didn't get hurt, it would have been Antonio Brown and uh, – I mean, you know, then Todd Gurley, what he's done was incredible. Uh, He's had a great year. So um, I know you had some more stuff to get to, but before that, um, it's a long way away. We don't know what's going to happen. You can know in the NFL, everything changes so much year to year. But Gurley, where's he going in the drafts next year? Top five. Top five. Top five. Two quarterback league, who goes first, Brady or uh, Gurley? In a two quarterback league, it'll probably be Brady. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, what else you got for us? Uh, the number 23 player, Rob, overall in fantasy was? 
23. That's random. I don't know where you're going with this. Case Keenum. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake okay. Bortles. Uh, 23. Right church, wrong pew for me. I knew it was a quarterback <laughs> that might not have uh, thought that going in. Uh, Adam Thielen, 30. I mean, listen, Adam Thielen was drafted as a wide receiver, three flex on most teams. Josh McCown, 41 overall. Uh, Rob, the Jags D, 54. Players after the Jags D ranking. Des Bryant, 62. Devontae Freeman, 67. DeMarco Murray, 70. Amari Cooper, I didn't write his number down, but he's way down that list also. And then some first-round picks, uh, likely in your league, that were busts, in my opinion. Julio Jones is 27th overall. We can get into that. We were just talking about that. A.J. Green, 33rd. Jordan Howard, 47. Cohen stole a lot early on. And Rob Mike Evans, 53rd overall on the fantasy. He uh, might be the biggest bust of all of them. I agree. He had a terrible year. Uh, But you brought up this one guy before. There's two guys I want to talk about with you. Uh, at 840 on Over the Top Sports Radio, Thursday night, Big Mike, Robbie D with you guys. Um, one is Des Bryant. Now, he's a pending free agent this year. I think he's overrated. I don't think he's as good as people think. And I'm going to throw you some stats at you. He's not going to hit 1,000 yards this year. No. How many games do you think he's had 100 yards receiving this year? None. None. Not, a, not 100 yard receiving game this year. And, I mean, 800 yards, 46 catches. And when was his last 1,000-yard season? Uh, 2015. So, 2014. 2014. So, 2015, he had 400 yards. Obviously, he was hurt, but he played nine games. 400 yards. 796 last year and 814 this year. Unless he gets almost 200 yards this week, he's not going to have 1,000 yards again. This guy's falling off. He's a free agent. He's going to be 30 when next season uh, – well, t- 29 when next season ends, uh, begins, 30 by the time it ends. So what, is, uh, what does Dallas do with him? They're a team that's transitioned to this power-running team that really hasn't had Des involved. Is he worth the money to Dallas in the offseason? I don't think he's worth the money. I know him and, uh, you know, Jerry Jones loves him, and Jerry Jones loves the star player. And, uh, you know, even though the stats you read out, uh, you know, he isn't a star player. I just think that um, I would be interested to see these numbers with if Tony Romo were still there. I don't like Dak Prescott. I know you agree that you think he's overrated, and I agree with you. I just don't, They are not a passing team anymore. They are a Zeke Elliott run-first team. Uh, listen, Jace, Jason Witten, Cole Beasley underneath, and the occasional long pass to Dez. But, um, no, he's not worth the money. But I think he will get it uh, because of he's going to sell jerseys, Rob. And he throws up the X, and the crowd goes nuts. So I think um, – in a money standpoint, he's probably worth it uh, in what he's going to do with jersey sales and coming out. And uh, in a statistical standpoint, no, I agree with you. He's not worth the money. And Julio Jones, we said we'd bring up to, uh, listen, decent week is going to have over 1,400 yards this season. If I told you before the year, Julio's going to have 90 catches and 1,450 yards, that's what he's on pace for with one week to go. Yep. We all would have signed for it. But How just, many touchdowns? But just three touchdowns yeah, is my terrible. next thing. Uh, you can't. Uh. You can't not be a bust when you have three touchdowns in 16 weeks of fantasy football. And I think two of them were against Tampa Bay in that one they game. This so he had one, one game oh. where he had 40 points. What is the whole year? What, what is going on with this guy? He's 29 years old, too, at, well, by the time next year starts. He hasn't had a touchdown since, the New England, uh, since that uh, game against Tampa Bay. So you're trying to win the fantasy playoffs, and this guy's giving you 24-yard efforts against Minnesota, 54 yards against Tampa again. So the first time, 250, the next time, 20 yards less, no touchdowns. It is so frustrating. I've had him two years in fantasy, so I followed him closely. He was my keeper one year, my first-round pick this year. This is a guy that um, he is such a talent on the field, and it is the play calling. I, I've seen them uh, in the red zone give a, a catch, a, a play to a target to Taylor Gabriel. Uh, then they have Sanu throwing the ball, and um, it, it's just mind-boggling that you have this guy that is just – so physically dominant over cornerbacks, and you're not even targeting him in the red zone. It's infuriating. And you saw it last week with Freeman with the fumble on the two-yard line or the three-yard line, whatever it was. They just do not look his way. I don't get it. And to me, uh, I just told you he finished 27th overall on the player Raider for fantasy. Rob, he is not a first-round pick next year for me. No, I think that a lot of people are going to be scared off by him, and I think the people that get him in the second round, though, are going to be very excited. Oh, I got Julio in the second round because of name recognition, yep. because of the big play uh, capabilities he has, and the hope that he could be a steal because he could finally find the end zone again. Now, Maybe last... he's your 12 and 13. You know, you have that last pick. You wrap around there. Sure, right. fine. You, you could do that but with him, But he too. is not in that conversation with Antonio Brown, 
Uh, even Odell, for that matter, um, he's just not there. So now my last thing for you is, and we, I really want to get into this with the Sharks this year, and I especially want to get into it when the Giants are closer to making a decision on Eli Manning, making a decision on who they're going to draft and who's going to be the starting quarterback next year. Every league right now seems to be a young man's league. In hockey, you see it. The teams want to get younger. In basketball, the Knicks, what is their biggest excitement? Same part, they're getting younger. They're getting more athletic. NFL's not so much that way in the quarterback league. Out of the top five passing yardage guys, okay, and they're all on winning teams, by the way, every single one of these guys. So these aren't guys that are racking up yards in garbage time because their team's down by 40 points. Sure. Okay? How old are each of them? Brady's 40. Yep. Roethlisberger's 35. Yep. Rivers is 36. So yep. Roethlisberger and Rivers, same draft class as Eli. <laughs> Matt Stafford's 29, so he's the young gun of the group. And then Drew Brees, who's 38 years old. You can't tell me that, you know, getting the young, exciting quarterback is going to lead to wins and great numbers because these guys are all doing the job still. You're right. And um, listen, like you said, we'll have time to talk about it. If it's me, I want Rosen. Um, I mentioned this the other day, just how he was in that interview. I was impressed. Uh, He's got a big arm. He's more that typical pocket passer, not, uh, you know, the scrambling type guy. I think that would fit well with Odell. They're not going to have, hopefully, they're not going to have a pick like this again in a very long time. Um, To me, I want Rosen. I want Eli to start next year. And just like it was with Kurt Warner, I want Eli to segment, uh, you know, segue away and, you know, go off into the sunset and give uh, Rosen the uh, the time. And I agree with you. Um, I would love Eli to mentor one of these guys, but the the only uh, wrinkle I'll throw in there, and we'll get, like I said, we're going to get into this, guys, in February, March, and April as we get towards the draft is, I would like the Giants to trade down. Maybe not get that best guy. Trade down and get some more assets because they have a lot of holes to fill. And if you could fill them in the draft, and Gettleman is good in the draft, and he could be better than Reese was in the draft, and I could fill a couple of holes at tackle on the offensive line, even defensively, which was bad. I think that that would be huge. Um, and you know what? If they trade down and they don't get one of the top two quarterbacks they get, but they could fill these other holes, and then you want to take Saquon Barkley, fine. We'll talk well, about Barclay, it. Then. I mean, again, we'll get we'll into talk the draft, but Barkley's going to go top five, so – well, even if you trade out two or three slots, you know, and you get you get down to sure. five, maybe I he mean, falls because everybody wants a particular right. quarterback. So but there's so many factors at play. I just um, want to mention one more thing, too. You mentioned the young quarterback. I mean, we have to at least once on the show mention Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the 49ers, Rob, have nine picks, $54 million next year in cap space. Um, and this is a team where, what are they, five wins? Exactly. And they won four in a row. I mean, they're talking Super Bowl next year. The players are talking Super Bowl next year. Jimmy Garoppolo has gone in there for a second-round pick and it turned that franchise around. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yes, you know, Vinny singing Jimmy you, you, Garoppolo. You can play uh, it, but you got to change it. It's too loud. It's too loud. I'm sure it's too loud. It just scared me. What the hell's going on in my mic? In my earphones. Um, but he's made Marquise Goodwin basically a 16-round yeah, keeper. Yes. You no, he wasn't drafted. So if you got him as a free agent in your league, you got to keep you him. Have to. Right? Have and to. Carlos Hyde's going to have a good year with sure. him there, you would think. And year. speaking of $54 million in cap space, Rob, take a uh, listen to these names. Jarvis Landry, free agent. Allen Robertson, he's going to be coming off an injury. Sammy Watkins, uh, good target, uh, hurt. Devontae Adams, Marquise Lee, 12 prior, who was horrendous this year. I mean, if 49ers could add one of these names in there with Garoppolo. You still have Carlos Hyde, who's a good running back. I mean, uh, listen, that is a team, and I keep saying it on this show, John Lynch, uh, just what he's done there, if you're a 49ers fan, you should be very excited. And those are going to be some very big names that are going to move places. They're not all staying at home in uh, this offseason. And speaking of the offseason, the baseball offseason is currently underway. Um, Still a lot of fun to be had. A lot of these guys have been taking a wait-and-see approach. They waited for some of the big fish to go. Otani went, Stanton went. Uh, Yellick seems to be the next thing, uh, next guy to go. Um, it seems like a matter of time. And Pittsburgh's been very, very active in talks, trying to get rid of guys like uh, Garrett Cole. Yep. And you even brought up another name today that's resurfaced. And every year it seems like this guy's on the move. Uh, will it be? Uh, will it happen again? Yeah, I think McCutcheon does get dealt, especially if they bring in Frazier for the Cole deal. And listen, McCutcheon's 31 years old. Uh, he batted 279, 28 home runs, 88 RBIs. He's not, he probably can't play center field every day, although he did it last year when Marte went down and got suspended. Uh, probably needs to transition to a corner outfield spot. Good bat, though. Nice number two hitter. Uh, it would depend. And contract isn't horrible either. It would depend what you'd have to give up for him. Um, as far as, uh, as Cole goes, Rob, I mean, you know, we were talking about this uh, I had with Mike and Vinny. Uh, I'd like to get your take on it. If you only had to give up Frazier, I said, fine, I'm in. 
you had to give up Frazier and uh, Andahar. All right, I'll do it. Uh, anything more than that, I'm not willing to do it. So the, the Yankees are so stacked, though, in the farm system, and these guys don't always pan out. Um, I'm more of a Cole guy than a lot of guys. Maybe in our group chat, I don't know how you feel about him, but this guy is only, what, 26 years old? I think he'll be 27 for opening day. 27. Uh, great contract for this year, and I think it's two more also. So, and he's 59-42 um, and 42, uh, on a Pittsburgh team that's been up and down lately. Look, two years ago, he was fourth in Cy Young voting. Yep. Um, if I'm the Yankees, hey, if you overpay in prospects for a guy like Cole, that's fine. You know why? Because you underpaid in prospects for, for Stanton. Right. So who cares? It equals out. And they have so many prospects anyway. You're still going to have guys, you know, Gliber Torres isn't going anywhere. So – you gotta you gotta try to win now in your Yankees. That's how they build, and they'll always get more prospects. I, okay. Listen, I agree with you, and uh, you basically got you know you got prospects for a relief pitcher. Uh, you got Frazier for Andrew Miller. So if I was to tell you you could trade Andrew Miller for Cole, I mean, listen, I, I am I'm doing it. And and Vinny and Mike, they did. They brought up good points. Uh, you know, they weren't crazy about Cole. They have no problem trading Frazier, but they wanted more of a, a Michael Fulmer type. They wanted that 22 year old arm. Uh, you know, that should break out. That should be a stud yet again. That so, doesn't always work out, though. Nothing always works it, out when it comes exactly. to pitching. Exactly. It's, so. it's a guessing game. But, uh, you know, there was just so much hate on Twitter. Uh, you know, I wanted to get your take on with the whole Cole thing. Uh, to me, listen, if I was the Yankees, I would do it. So Yeah, listen, he was a guy that came up, and he came up to much more claim than Fulmer did. Yep. And he has a 350 ERA in his career in five seasons. I'd sign for that. Will it be higher in the American League? Of course, but it's okay because your team's going to score a million runs. And he showed that he could still throw the innings. He threw 203 innings last year. Yeah, so I he's mean, not coming off of a bad season. They just weren't um, good either, the Pirates. I mean, think of him yeah. with that lineup with the Yankees. So the Pirates were not a good team last year. It's yet. hard to pitch when you have a team that's not that good around you. Right. They had injuries. Uh, Harrison was out. McCutcheon was out at one point. Uh, Marte was suspended. Um, and there's one more injury. that I'm Polanco, Polanco went on the DL four times last year. So, uh, listen, to me, uh, you know, on a better team, who knows? Uh, a lot of people ask me this when they uh, either hear that I do the show or they hear about my other job. Um, and I know you've talked about this before, but I haven't been here a lot lately. Um, Mets, what are they doing? They're not doing anything. Are they getting anything? Nope. What about this $50 million that every team got from the sale of the MLB TV and all the everything with that? I guess they're just going to pocket that money, huh? Yeah, you got a new arena with it. You got a, we no. got a new arena. <laughs> That's what he did with I'll it. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, that money went right there to Belmont. That's what he did with it. The Mets aren't spending off players. I heard that they were in, since we brought up uh, Pittsburgh, on like a, a Josh Harris. Yeah, they are. Uh, listen, I don't really want him. He can play multiple positions. He fits, uh, you know, the, what they call the need. He can play second. He can play third for them. They, the Mets need more than that. The Mets need really to go out and, and give Hosmer a contract, which they don't want to do. So, um, to me, the Mets are irrelevant until the season starts, and they should be out of it by uh, by May. And Yelich and Real Muto, where are they going? I listen. I thought the White Sox were a nice fit. The White Sox are loaded with prospects. We were talking about that again on Saturday. I heard the Braves called. Your, your Braves called on Yelich. They called on Yelich a few times. I don't know if they would do it. Same division, I guess. You know, one of those things where you maybe have to overpay to bring a player in like that. It'll be interesting to see, but they won't be Marlins for opening day. I'll tell you that. And you, Darvish. I don't know. Again, the play, he was so bad in the World Series. I, I've heard the Cubs, uh, the Rangers again. Uh, I really don't know with him. I, I think he chases the money. I think that this is, uh, you know, his last big contract. Yeah, I, I don't think that he was as good as the Dodgers would have liked him to be. No way. Uh, and it probably hurt his uh, contracts. And I don't think that he, um, I don't think that he's marketing himself in the right areas either. I know that he met with the, t- uh, the Rangers. He thought maybe a reunion. Hey, he fits in there. They're going to pay him. He knows he's familiar. Then I read that it was just basically like a goodbye lunch. Right. Like just, he basically, yeah, yep. Oh, thanks for everything. Like literally goodbye. just for food. What was, what was the point of that? There, there we went all the way down there to the same place, and I, we liked our food there, yeah. but I guess that's all we got out of it when you can think about the Giants game that we went to. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't know where he ends up, and there's other guys out there, Rob. Cargo, you know, Cargo did not have a good year last year, but again, a name, a, a name, Carlos Gonzalez. He could bounce back. He could hit 30 anywhere. Moustakis, Logan Morrison's out there who had 38 home runs. I mean, I don't think he hits 38 again, but 30, sure. Todd Frazier, third base, 27. He played a little first even. Jay Bruce is out there. Hosmer, who I mentioned, you, who you mentioned. And J.D. Martinez, the big Fisher free agency. He's still sitting out there. Eventually, I nothing on him. I, eventually, I think he ends up with the Red Sox. I think they just have to because of the Stanton trade. But, again, I mean, who knows? Yeah, we've talked about that, too. Um, uh, you, you brought that up in the beginning, so we'll see. But I, I've, I've heard le- less about him 
than anybody else, and he's the best player on the market. Yeah, he absolutely is, especially, uh, you know, again, what we saw what he did in Arizona just in the, the half season that he was there. Uh, you know, a place like Fenway in that lineup, I mean, you know, the damage that he could do there is just, you know, he wants 200. Is he going to get $200 million from them? I mean, you know, who knows? No, if they're one of the teams that are able to pay it. Right. And then Hosmer, we mentioned this, the only other team that the Royals are competing with supposedly for Hosmer, the Padres. And the Padres just took back uh, Chase Headley. Yeah. So, so that, there that's you go. A, I mean, that, that's what they're going to sell to him. Is that who we got? But um, And Freddie Galvis. Don't, don't Freddie sell Galvis. Freddie Galvis sort. So. Uh, yeah, so a couple of loose ends with just a couple minutes to go. And don't forget, we will be rejoining you guys on Saturday morning. Um, what you got, Goon? Real quick, guys. Problem solved. Gino Smith just said he sees himself as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So... Perhaps he was the, the problem. XFL. That's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that he sees himself as a starting quarterback. That's the real problem. I don't know what that solves. Um, we always knew that he was never the brightest bulb in the bunch. Um, I can't be happy that he went, the show for that. He Are went a whole year without getting touched out by Are one of his teammates. Now, I'm surprised that it wasn't Eli Apple and him that got into a fight and somebody broke somebody's jaw. I, like, you remember Ikeana Kapali. He, he might be the only one that sees himself as a starting quarterback. Well, we'll find he'll find out. It'll be a tough reality check when uh, next August comes and no team signed him because he refused to sign to be a backup. I mean, he did he start on the Browns and be better than Kaiser? We talked about well, maybe uh, no, I don't know. Um, the whole XFL thing. There's some names out there. Uh, he could go play there. Manziel could go play there. Kaepernick, if he wants to go play there. The XFL. That would be interesting because if it were to come back, there there are actually some names. Greg Hardy just said he would go play in the XFL. Really? Yeah. I would watch that, not because of Greg Hardy, but I would watch the XFL in a minute if that came back. I, I would think it was fun. Who Maybe knows? in the XFL you'll know what it catches. Well, I'm sure. Because in the NFL you have no clue what the hell it catches. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would hope so. I think, hey, you give us something. You don't have to bet on uh, English Premier League soccer anymore. Now you can bet on, you the, can bet on the, the Las Vegas <laughs> Demons or, or the LA Extreme or whatever the Absolutely. games were. Absolutely. That was fun. Did you guys see the 30 for 30? Um, it was it? great. I thought it, it was, was awesome. Great. It made me want it to come back. And, it and at the end, they gave you a little snippet. It of did. And, and it was like, oh, yeah, all right, sure. And, <laughs> and who knows? He filed the trademark. So, And there's a lot of things that they took out of that. You watch the thing, Rob. You don't need me to tell you. Uh, the overhead cam was something they use that, that every, every right? week. Something from the XFL. Yeah, I don't think that they'll do the um, – I don't think they'll do the coin toss uh, rumble anymore. It's, no, it's, I don't think they'll do that either. With the CTE, but – I got a, a question for you. Uh, it's kind of a trivia. Do you remember what the XFL championship game was called? The million dollar. Uh, there were two names of it. Uh, so just the million dollar game. I and think it was before it was called the million dollar game because they changed it to the million dollar game when they actually said, "All right, we'll give a million dollars to the winning team." <laughs> it was called the big game at the end. <laughs> you remember that? A lot of brains. Tommy Maddox, that, MVP back then, and <laughs> he hate me. Yes. Don't forget, the Bruisers have a guy with he hate me on the back of his jersey because of the XFL. He lives in uh, in Tokyo now, so he's not playing many Bruiser games. I, I think it would – listen, Vince McMahon is not an idiot. Uh, he's a billionaire. He's a genius. And he's seeing the numbers of how it's dropped off the football ratings, and he knows people need, it, need football. And he they knows need why people have stopped watching, and he knows what to give them. Rob, the guy's a genius. Does so, Papa uh, John's get in with the XFL? Who knows? Mike Francesca the, could be the commissioner. Oh, God. <laughs> started here on this show. <laughs> yeah, started on this show. Well, uh, that would be fun. We could talk about it, give us some football in the offseason. And, hey, some of the players from the XFL end up having NFL careers. So, they went out to the big time. And uh, it, it could be fun. It's a lot of uh, work. But didn't he uh, Didn't he get rid of a lot of his WWE stock to do this? He did. Yeah, he sold. I mean, listen, he's doing something. Uh, you know, John of the Coachman suggested he was going to buy the Panthers. Um, he sold, I forget what the number was, but he sold well, he a ton of stock. He's doing something. He He's doing something. Football, uh, and all the trademarks are there. So Now, the, uh, the one thing that I don't like if the XFL comes back is uh, the XFL came out um, during the Attitude Era in wrestling, and that was part of the X in the XFL. Is right. They wanted to get you inside cheerleaders, and they, they basically asked the cheerleaders, hey, get romantically involved with the players. Right. Go hang out. And it was, the, the game wasn't serious enough. They, yeah, they wanted all that stuff, and wrestling is the opposite of that now. So I don't think that that element will be there, but maybe that's good. Maybe there will be better football because of it. My, I agree with you with that. My only question to you, Rob, is um, NBC took the chance on it. You watched 30-30. What network would be willing to WWE take the network. He owns it. There you go. WWE Network will have exclusive games. Go. 
And I'm sure they'll get some games on USA or some other sure. channel. Yeah, you're probably right. But WWE Network, he has his own network. Yeah. He's got his own network now. He never had it then. Yep. Um, and there was something else I wanted to get to, but uh, I don't think we're going to have time. Just there's about a minute left. But don't forget, guys, on Blog Talk, we'll be with you uh, Saturday morning, uh, 1030. The Shark will be back. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport for all of the Sharks' bets to be made. If you do play in the Week 17 Fantasy Playoffs, once again, we are sorry, but ask Mike for any advice. He's always there to give it to you. Uh, we'll talk some more hockey, some Knicks um, basketball, all that uh, coming up on Saturday morning on an hour-and-a-half show. But uh, any final thoughts, Mike? Yeah, Friday, real quick, the Cotton Bowl, USC, Ohio State. Uh, we'll get Vinny's take on that. I'll have him put out some sort of bet for you uh, before then, and he'll cover every other bowl on Saturday. And uh, Miguel Sano, um, you're an asshole. Yeah. He said he didn't do it. Yeah, all right. They all said they didn't do it, and they all end up yeah. getting suspended, and they end up taking the plea for their suspension, and uh, that basically admits that they're guilt. So thank you guys for listening on Over, uh, Over the Top Sports on Blog Talk Radio. Special Thursday night edition. Thanks to our callers, and we'll talk to you guys Saturday morning at 1030. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.